You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dansby, Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. The Atlanta Braves have won the 2021 World Series in six games over the Houston Astros. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday, one day away from the start of the Major League Baseball postseason. Joining us right now to talk about it. Sean Zerillo of the Action Network. He's on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Sean, welcome back to the show. Excited to chat with you. It's a, it's always a great week of the year when the baseball playoffs begin. It all starts tomorrow. So before we get to tomorrow's games and the Wild Card Series, big picture. Curious where you see value, whether it be for the World Series in, in, in a league, whether the AL or the NL. Do you see any value down the board? We know who the favorites are with the Dodgers and the Astros. A- anyone stand out to you as having some value beyond the favorites for the pennant or the World Series? Yeah, so anybody that I see value basically to win the World Series or the pennant, at least out of the first round, I'm also going to show value on their wild card series prices. And the two teams who really stand out to me are Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I should say both those teams, I project them as favorites in their series, even though they're playing all six of their respective games on the road. The Phillies, I projected at minus 115 for that wild card series. Fangraphs actually has them closer to minus 130. And a similar story with Tampa Bay, projected them at minus 110. Fangraphs has them closer to minus 125. So I'm actually less optimistic than another public projection that is out there. And I still show value on those two teams. Now, depending on where you shop around, and it's always important to look at different books and shop for the best prices, I could argue that there's value on the Phillies, the Padres, the Mets, and the NL, and the Rays, and the Mariners in the American League. I have some midseason investments that I made on the Padres and the Mariners. I have a preseason investment on the Phillies. I believe I came on the show and said that the Phillies were the best long shot on the board. And I would say that that continues to be the case, that I see the Phillies as the best long shot on the board, I made them, let's see, around 1920 to win the World Series and closer to plus 750 to win the NL pennant. So relative to the current odds that are out there, I think the Phillies certainly offer substantial value, not only in terms of pennant and World Series odds, but in addition to their wild card series price, which I think is probably my favorite bet amongst all the bets on the board right now. I think the Phillies are going to beat the Cardinals. Okay, uh, Sean, on uh, some of your projections where you find value on these numbers, uh, before we get to to break down some of these series prices, how much is path? 
Uh, maybe if you think, okay, the, the Yankees are not going to have a long run, then are you picking either Cleveland or Tampa Bay? You mentioned Tampa Bay during our, our, your answer there. Um, is that something you're look at? And with this current format, are we helped as betters by knowing exactly what the path is because we're not going to have a reseeding situation? Certainly helps me make the projections easier. There's less matching up that I have to do in the second round with no reseeding. So it just saves me some time in terms of how I project these out. But I I do match these up on an individual basis. I play out each of the series, and then you sort of take the percentages and multiply them together. And that's how you're able to drill down and get to what you think the number should be. But then I basically take my own projections and compare them to other public sites like Fangraphs, like Baseball Prospectuses, Dakota, and see – Am I more optimistic than these projections? Am I less optimistic than these projections? I'd say the Phillies and the Rays, I'm certainly the least optimistic of the three, and I still show value on both of them, where a team like the Padres, I'm a bit more optimistic than Fangraphs, but actually they're more in line with what the series price should be. The the Jays and the Mariners, I should say, kind of across the board, everybody thinks that that series price is right. I don't really see value. In that series, I think that's probably going to go three games and be extremely competitive. That's the most intriguing matchup to me of round one, even even more so than the Mets and the Padres. There are some things, though, that are matchup dependent, right, that really stand out to me, and also injury concerns down the stretch. So I mentioned that I do like the Rays. My biggest concern with them is Shane McClanahan, because since returning from his injury in mid-September, eight walks, 12 strikeouts in 19 innings, his swinging strike rate is down 7%. His velocity is still intact, so maybe it's just a blip on the radar but it does give me pause about maybe allocating a bunch to raise futures because I have concerns that he may still be injured. A guy like Jacob DeGrom, his velocity has actually been trending down. He was living closer to 100, 101 on his average fastball. His past few starts have been closer to 98, 99. So when he's throwing meatballs down the middle of those Braves hitters and they tee off on him for three solo home runs, which hasn't happened in two years against him, that definitely gives me concern because he's just not going to get away with mistakes living at 98, 99 in the middle of the zone as he would be at 100 or 101. So there's other things too, like not just how pitchers are trending, but in terms of matchups in the first round, Tampa Bay is going to be able to throw two lefties against Cleveland. Cleveland is much better against righties than they are against lefties. The Phillies can avoid tossing a lefty against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are much better against lefties than they are against righties. Blake Snell is going to be going against Jacob DeGrom. I'm probably going to be all over the Padres in game two against the Mets because the Mets are the number one team against right-handed pitching, but actually below average against left-handed pitching, particularly over the past couple months. So it's not just in terms of where I see value right now, it's where I see value going forward. So yes, I may have a small bet on the Padres series price before game one, but I actually know I'm more likely to add more assuming they lose game one, because I'm going to get a much better price going into that game, game two matchup where I'm low on DeGrom and I'm higher on Blake Snell in this particular matchup. So really have to see how these play out in advance matchup by matchup, see which pitchers I'm higher or lower on with injury concerns, which is why even though I show value on Tampa, I may not be as willing to invest in them right now. But the Phillies, a substantial projected value, really don't have that many questions about them. I already am invested from the preseason, again, at 40-1. to I'm probably going to take a look and add some of their pennant odds. I see as high as 20-1 to out there, which just seems absolutely absurd. Wow. What are some of your favorite bets, Sean, for tomorrow? 
Yes, two bets, or I should say three bets that I've already made. So I talked about the Rays and the Phillies, and those are teams that I have invested in for game one. Now the Phillies pitching matchup is still to be determined. Carlos Mamal, Marmal has not announced the starter yet. For the Cardinals, I'm assuming it's going to be Miles Nicholas. He has been their best starter this year. If it's Adam Wainwright, the minus 110s that are out there, the minus 105 that is currently out there are tremendous value on the Phillies because I actually projected this line closer to minus 115 for game one. I bet it at minus 105. Currently, I have it, uh, yeah, bet it. Minus, projected at minus 106, bet it at minus 105 already. I'm actually thinking that there's a chance that Adam Wainwright does get the start for them, which would certainly increase the value of that bet even more. Their first five line, there is one out there at minus 115 right now. You could go ahead and bet that because I think that's the value either way. But if it's Adam Wainwright instead of Miles Nicholas, I would bump that projection even higher. So it really depends who the Cardinals start in terms of how big of an edge it's going to be. For me, but it's going to be an edge you bet for me either way. So definitely would already bet the Phillies and would already bet the Rays. I know I mentioned that I have concerns about Shane McClanahan, but that is sort of neutralized by the Guardians. They are the number one team in baseball at avoiding strikeouts against right-handed pitching, but they're closer to 10th against lefties. And I think the longer the Guardians are able to go in the playoffs, the more problems they're going to pose for people because they do get deep into your bullpen. They grind your starters down. They foul off a lot of pitches and they do avoid the strikeouts. But at a three-game series against Tampa Bay where Tampa Bay can throw two lefties against them, it is not to their advantage because they're not going to be able to get as deep into that bullpen over the course of three days, and they're certainly not going to have the matchup advantages except for in game two or game three, depending on when Drew Rasmussen starts for Tampa Bay. So definitely like the Rays both for the first five innings and the full game tomorrow, two about even money respectively in either half would actually go to minus 103 for the first five innings. And then the Phillies up to about minus 105 for the full game and minus 115 for the first five innings are the two bets I've made. In terms of the Mariners and the Padres, they are close to being bets for me. I need closer to plus 135, though, to bet the Mariners and closer to plus 140 to bet the Padres. As I said, I'm probably looking more to that game two matchup for the Padres with Snell against the Grom. But if those lines move up about five cents in their direction, I'll probably end up having small bets on those two underdogs as well. We're talking with Sean Zarillo of the Action Network. MLB playoffs start tomorrow. Sean, big picture on the postseason. Joe had asked about the idea of no reseeding and how that impacts things. How about the schedule less days off? I mean, I I was thinking about this. It used to be if you had three star pitchers with those days off in between series, in the series, you can kind of get through. That's kind of out now. I mean, I think about a team like the Phillies, right? If they had to play three, they have to use their fourth and fifth starter likely to start the next series against the Atlanta Braves. Same thing with no day off between game four and five in the next round. Do you think the schedule being condensed will no longer favor top-heavy teams, more the teams of the depth? What do, you, what do you think about how the schedule plays itself out in October and what that will mean? Yeah, I think depth is certainly going to be more important. I'm actually interested to see how some of these managers and organizations approach it. Because normally before a series, with that day off, these teams are not afraid to announce their starting pitchers in advance. And even the Rays and the Phillies have announced Plasno and Nola for their game two series. So those do seem to be locked in. I was actually curious to see if some of these teams take more of that college baseball regional approach where they don't necessarily throw their number one starter or their number two starter in games one and two. They try to get away with stealing a game with a lesser starter so that they do have their number one or number two pitcher potentially lined up for the next round to go in game one if they're able to get away with a two-game sweep 
in the wild card round. So I actually think there's a chance that one of these teams may not throw their most optimal starter in a game two scenario. If they win game one, they may hold back who they're going to announce as the probable pitcher and go about it that way, more like how these college managers manage that regional in order to potentially keep their best starter, their second best starter healthy for when they may need it most. So definitely may change how some of these teams approach it from a strategic perspective. But certainly I would agree that if you throw your two best relievers or your your best relievers on back-to-back days in games one and two of a series, it's definitely going to be extremely vital to have depth to be able to survive that third game, that potential decisive game. You're just going to have to throw your best reliever for a third game in a row. That's why you did see teams like the Mariners actually throwing position players like Luis Torrens in the past couple of days to just completely rest their bullpen for this round because they know going into it, they may need their best relievers to pitch three days in a row. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What about the heavier favorites in this uh, wild card round here? You've got Toronto, uh, minus 170 favorites against Seattle. Mets, minus 170, same number against San Diego. How are you approaching those series? Yeah, like I said, the Toronto series, I really don't see value anywhere on it. I'm not sure, based on how I projected it out, that I'm going to end up having bets on any game in that series. It seems to be the one where I likely align most closely with the market. And even the other publicly available projections basically say that the series price currently with Seattle around plus 140 is about right. I made it closer to minus 130. Fangraphs, though, actually, I should say, I am incorrect in saying that the market aligns completely. Fangraphs does make Seattle closer to plus 105. So if you want to trust that Fangraphs projection, they actually would recommend a bet on Seattle with that series price. I just don't really trust their offense behind Julio Rodriguez. There is a substantial drop-off. Toronto has been hitting much better in the second half, and I'm not quite as high on a pitcher like Logan Gilbert as the betting market has seemed to indicate of late. His underlying metrics just put him closer to a 4 ERA, where betting markets have probably had him closer to a 3.5 pitcher of late because the stuff certainly stands out. Just in terms of the whole package, he doesn't really project for me as well as what his scouting reports essentially would indicate. But the Padres, I said I would definitely bet small before game one. Even if I don't bet their game one line, I would bet their series price at around plus 150. I believe I got it last night. Just a half unit for me, whereas the Phillies are closer to a a one and a quarter, one and a half unit play on the series line. But I'm really expecting to allocate more on the Padres after game one. The Mets are just so good against right-handed pitching. They've smashed right-handed pitching not only all year, but particularly since the trade deadline, they added Tyler Naquin, they added Daniel Bogovac, and they put a couple 
of righty smashing bats in their lineup, and they have been the number one offense against righties over the past two months. But they've really struggled against lefties, and that's been a theme throughout the year. They didn't add right-handed bats to really improve how they do. Against left-handed pitching, Starling Marte being out certainly hurts that to a degree as well. So the Padres made them plus 120. Fangraphs made them plus 130 for the series. I would definitely expect, though, that I'll not only be betting on them in game two with Blake Snell, but I'll also probably be adding more to their series press as well. Sean, just about a minute left. Do you see any value in betting minus one and a half games, or do you just stay away from that? No, that is something that I'm capable of projecting. You know, it's it's actually not something I've just drawn out yet in terms of plugging it into my model for the props for series props. That's usually something I dive into more for the World Series. As we have fewer things to bet on, I need to come up with more ways to show value on a series and give people something to bet. But there are ways to find actionable value betting on those props. It's just not something that at this point in time I've projected out yet. Great stuff. Sean Cirillo of the Action Network on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. Sean, we always appreciate hopping on. We'll catch up soon. Enjoy the start of the postseason. Lightning bets next right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.